to Record Night. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. What do we do here, Chris? Well, uh, Record Night is where we each take a, we uh, choose a theme. We each bring a Record Night theme, and then we show up to each other. We talk about it, and we hang out, and we laugh. We have a good time, and that's what Record Night is. Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay. Well said. Um, <laughs> so before we get into tonight's topic, tonight's theme. Mm-hmm. People can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, or by email. Instagram, we're Record Night Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash Record Night. And then if you want to shoot us an email, if you don't like doing social media stuff, uh, we're Record Night Pod at gmail.com. Yeah, it's pretty uh, easy. Feel free to send us your themes, your ideas, and as a very sloppy segue, <laughs> you can also send us your music because we feature artists on our show Mm -hmm. and this episode we're back to featuring artists we had a episode there without one we did Uh, but we got one i'm really excited about he is my friend dr loper regular listeners of the podcast have probably unwittingly heard (laughs) uh some of his music as he is half of smell Uh, Uh, dude dude no smell smell yeah (laughs) who do the theme song and the outro to the show, but he has gone off and done his own thing and it's fantastic. Uh, we will have a full song at the end of the show called high noon. Also as a music video, if you like it. Um, yeah, we'll send it. We'll put a post to the YouTube video, uh, when we do the, um, social media blast. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the album came out, I think at this point, like last week, but it'll probably be like a week and a half or two weeks ago by the time this comes out. Um, it's called Desert Desserts. Is a full album. It's pay what you want on Bandcamp, which is drloper.bandcamp.com. Uh, D-R-L-O-P-E-R. No dots, no space. All one word. All stylized. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's for... For me, uh, it's very, you know, cowboy-y. I think that's the theme of the whole album. So if you like Earth or just kind of like cowboy music, a lot of like cinematic Southwest cowboy stuff. Yeah, the, if you guys uh, saw the video, and it's fucking wild. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's great. I I mean, I, I've listened to it pretty much nonstop since, when did I buy it? Thursday or Friday? Uh, and they can, they'll be able to see that on Bandcamp. Just put damn Bandcamp, or is it drlober.bandcamp.com? So drloper.bandcamp.com. And, Correct. Uh, and, uh, and if you want to taste, just wait for the end of this episode, and we'll have a, a full song yeah, after, there waiting for after you. After we uh, pick the theme and all that stuff, we'll be definitely uh, stick around and hear that. So, speaking of picking themes, what was the theme for this episode? So last week, or last episode, not last week, last episode, we chose a theme of live albums. Um, Which has honestly been one that, I think I suggested, yeah, and then immediately once it went into that, I was like, "Fuck, I don't like live albums." Yeah, <laughs> it was, was a it bad was, idea. <laughs> so it was hard, man, because like, because there, you know, live albums are really for people who love the band already, and then mm-hmm. you get to hear the live rendition of it, right? Um, exactly. I, I, I'll talk about it when I get to mine, but I think you go first this week, right? Yeah. This album wasn't the reason I decided I wanted to do this uh, theme, but this might be, thinking back, the first live album I've ever liked. Oh, yeah? 
Okay. Since then, I've picked up a couple more that I, I really liked, but this was, yeah, this was the first one. It was introduced to me through, like, a documentary. Some guy in a remembered going to a record store and somebody was like, check out this thing. And I was like, all right, I'll listen to the record store guy and check it out. I like all the other bands in this documentary. Um, what was the documentary so about? It is, the, the documentary was called Such Hawks, Such Hounds. Mm. It's really cool. It's about, uh, they call it underground hard rock, but it's like a stoner rock documentary. Okay. Gotcha, okay. But I went with, the 1973 live double album Space Ritual by Hawkwind, mm -hmm. which Hawkwind, they are, they've had like an ever rotating cast of people in the band, but I think the big one you would recognize is the bass player, uh, Lemmy Kilmeister, who later shows up in Motorhead. What? I've never heard of Motorhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this was his, maybe not his first band, but like the first band of his that got big. They're in the genre of space rock, I think, or cosmic rock, whatever people want to call it. But it's mostly just kind of like driving kind of hard rock stuff, you know, lyrics about space and things like that. Uh, a lot of like uh, electronic and weird experimentation going on in there. But they're kind of like a heavier jam band kind of thing. This is... This performance uh, specifically seems really cool, and I wish I was alive in 72 or 73 when it was recorded because they kind of did everything they could to make this like a transcendent concert experience. They had, you know, a lot of electronic stuff yeah, going on. Sure. They had spoken word poetry. They had, they wanted to do like a full kind of audio visual thing. They hired some. Uh, really good, like, lights people that did, like, psychedelic stuff in the background and short videos and things like that, along with, like, a dancing troupe from the area to go off and do, like, dancing and, like, go-go dancing and things like that while stuff was happening. Shit, that sounds like a butthole surfer show. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but a cool light show. Uh, programs were given out uh, that had a sci-fi short story, and then the whole thing, even though songs from different albums was meant to do, like almost like a concept album, like a continuous story where Hawkwind were space travelers going through space and time, experiencing different things. So did you uh, get, were uh, then... besides uh, this album, did you, are you a fan of Hawkwind's other releases? I, I'm a Hawkwind guy. I really only kind of like the, the stuff around this period. I like mm -hmm. um, In Search of Space, Space Ritual, and In the Hall of the Mountain Grill, okay. which that one I think is their best. They, I haven't really explored too much of their later stuff because they, they've pretty much not stopped since. But yeah. they, it's like an ever rotating cast of stuff. They're just releasing constant like bootlegs and live albums <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and kind of an interesting thing, I think this is a really well recorded uh, live album. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I think it yeah. sounds really good, which is funny because the stuff they were touring with was from I can't remember the name of the album, but is the album before this and the production on that album sucks so to get the best way to listen to the songs from that album are to listen to the live version uh, of them which is almost never the case that's interesting that's really i want to say it's kind of fucked up but it's, but that's cool i mean like when bands <laughs> when bands come together and they they turn something alive into something that a song never stops being worked on you know what i mean 
Like exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the album, it looks. I for the longest time thought it was uh, like some sort of weird Latin thing, but no, it's called Do Re Mi Fa Sol Latido, and they just mm. split it all up into little cool. into little things. Um, but yeah, that album has <laughs> yeah, so awful, like... awful production where it's like listening to the live version somehow sound better. Kind of an awful name. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> but uh, you'll see when we listen to the album, Hawkwind's Haw- not above being kind of weird and cheesy uh-huh yeah um i think in the sampler i've prepared for this i picked out some of those cheesier and weirder moments that uh they they got a laugh out of me every time i listen through <laughs> it. Uh, a lot of which you'll see in kind of the the poetry and stuff and mm-hmm. unfortunately there's no way to like watch this performance to kind of get the full audio visual experience but i think the the listening to it is is good enough okay do you want to get in, do you want to just get into it I think we should get into it. Okay, you guys can find this on Spotify. Um, where should they stop if they want to listen to just the record itself? Oh, yeah. Um, so they've done a bunch of different releases of this one. But the full Space Ritual uh, experience stops at, uh, it's called Welcome to the Future, which if you're listening on Spotify, it's like a two-disc thing, uh, but it has like five or six songs after Welcome to the Future, which are like alternate takes from different nights or like the original versions of songs that, uh, were cut short for record release. Like it's it's a lot of different stuff, but stop at Welcome to the Future um, because after that it's just bonus tracks. But if you really, really, really like Hawkwind after that, go back and listen to those bonus tracks if you want to. Yeah, which one of the bonus tracks I think is just a song from earlier but four minutes shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is whatever a, you want to do. Hawkwind's Space Ritual. Let's do it. <laughs> Forests of Venus. 
what is lost is never gained again. If you are making love, it is imperative to bring all bodies to orgasm simultaneously. Do not waste time blocking your ears. Welcome to the dehydrated land. Welcome to the self-police parade. Welcome. So that was Hawkwind's Space Ritual. All right, man. Um, so, so first off, I want to say that I listened to this thing probably about four or five times in preparation uh-huh. for the show. I'd uh, put it on when I would start to work, and then uh, yesterday, after about listening to it twice, after my brother came down, like, what the fuck are you listening to? Um, I uh, <laughs> I took notes on it. So uh, I've never heard of Hawkwind before. I did. I I know I've heard their name. I just knew nothing about Hawkwind. And then uh, mm-hmm. when uh, I did a little bit of research, I found out Lemmy was in it. I hear all kinds of things to this record. Um, I hear right. prog rock, obviously. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of. I feel like space rock's kind of an offshoot of prog rock a little bit. Yeah, and but uh, to me, it also has like a lot of um, raw aggression when it comes to to a lot of the. Mm-hmm. Ri- I, I, it's it's word to use to my riffage for this for this record because it's not not really riffs so much, but there are some like there's some punky parts. I want to put the best way to put it. I think uh, Hawkwind is a really big influence to a lot of those uh, like early British punk bands. Like, I think dudes in the Sex Pistols liked him a lot. I think dudes in uh, Joy Division liked him a it lot. sounds like Stooges at some points, too. Like, like the Stooges would I be... I think Stooges like Hawkwind a lot. But, uh... They're just kind of one of those bands that, like, everybody likes, but not a lot of people know about them. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I didn't know much about Hawkwind. In fact, I thought Hawkwind were a different band until I saw their, their heyday in the 70s. I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, so I, thought, I, I don't know who this is. Do you know who you thought it was? No, actually, I just oh, I, the name sounded familiar. <laughs> um, that's all I knew about it. But uh, I, when you when you mentioned it to me, I didn't quite know what to um, what to think. Mostly, so first of all, I want to say all the tracks on this, except for like three or four of them, are nine minutes or longer. <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think brainstorm is like thirteen or fourteen. <laughs> yeah, and so it, I can't imagine how hard it was for you to to put together a um. A record that doesn't have that many hooks, like like there are hooks, yeah. there are some hooks, but the problem is, is that is that the hooks are a musical part of that track, like a tiny part of it. <laughs> um, yeah. um, so well, so the thing with Hawkwind, if mm-hmm. you just listen to the sampler and haven't listened to the albums yet, is they ride a riff for a really long time and then it goes off. They sing over the riff and then the riff keeps going and then they make like funny sounds over it with like a. <laughs> synthesizer or a sax or a sazzle or whatever you want um they just kind of jam for a little while then they sing a little bit more and then the song's over but for the most part during that nine minutes they're kind of playing more or less the same thing yeah it's strange you're there for the ride it's very like for me it's kind of like trance like i guess like i i really get lost in a lot of these songs where it's like 
sure this thing's like almost an hour and a half long, but it, it does not feel that long or, you know, brainstorms 13 minutes, but for me, it doesn't feel like 13 minutes. It, as long as you lock into it, much. as you lock into it, it's not going to feel that long. So when it comes to the records like this, is there something you're doing while listening or are you just listening? Uh, it depends. I mean, I've listened to it without doing anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think on these last couple of listens, when I wasn't taking notes, I was at work. Yeah. It's a very good, just kind of like zone out, mm-hmm. uh, space out. Ooh, oh, shit. You can do some good mindless stuff to it. I will actively uh, engage with it pretty often. Yeah, it- I know. I know you would text me at some point and said like, <laughs> this is kind of dad rocky. Uh, <laughs> but my dad fucking hates it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, honestly, when we get to mine, you will understand why I use the term dad rock because it's a... Uh... But anyway, do you just want to get this track by track and we'll talk about it a little bit more? I think we should. Okay, so we have the opener, Earth Calling. Yeah, which really kind of gets you into the mood of it. Like, they open with, like, a little, like, spoken word thing, which is just one of the sci-fi writers who comes out and reads the poetry just going, Earth Calling, <laughs> Earth Calling, while they make funny sounds and in the, the background. Yeah, they like, drone, a drone, and then initially it sounded like that 2001 the Space Odyssey at some point, like... I was, uh-huh. like, I was getting that sort of, and then there's squeals and laser guns noises and like indistinct voices over radio and then a siren, right? Like, yeah. like, like I can't, I can only imagine smoke filling the stage as, yeah. as the, uh, the lights going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I found out about it being more of like a story based thing. Like they were going through a story when they were playing the stuff. So I, was, I think it's a good intro to the album because it does kind of seem like oh they're calling Hawkwind back to Earth <laughs> yeah um the, the uh when, when I also mentioned Astaville's filmed and I like because the way I know about it is that if it was this was an amazing concert like <laughs> the way it was done oh, yeah <laughs> I was I was thinking of like uh Spinal Tap you know this is Spinal Tap where they had the uh yeah, the uh, Stonehenge <laughs> come down. I was expecting that, but how it's supposed to be, you know, like yeah, if it worked out. So after that intro of uh, Earth Calling, uh, we have Born to Go, which is like to me that song is like um, it's like hard rock, you know, like, like it was it's straight up hard yeah. rock, and that's kind of that's kind of how most of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really do just kind of see like this is what this album is about. It's psychedelic it's jammy it's it's a little heavy but it's not like metal it's just heavy and um, I, I don't really think you need to also look too deeply into the deal lyrics unless i mean some of them you do like uh we'll get to that but this one right here yeah it's basically all you need to know is that we're born to go we're never turning back it's all you need to know because that's what it's about it's like it's like yeah but i think i think you were pretty on when you mentioned like uh for the intro track it being kind of like 2001 Mm -hmm. because you get i get very like 2001 space baby vibes with this like we're gonna (laughs) we're born to go we're born to leave earth and become something new what do they say we're hatching our dreams into reality like there you leave earth you're you're born to go to blow the human mind they're just they're they're gonna transcend what humans are supposed to be. I think they're reading we're, a lot of Philip K. Born to do Philip K. Dick. I think that was something they were probably reading a lot of. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have also read a lot of Philip K. Dick. <laughs> so I'm very much in tune with Hawkwind. Oh, yeah. I love 2001. I love Philip K. Dick. Uh, but you yeah, know those I mean, people it's... that don't. You, you know those people that don't love 2001, right? Space Odyssey. Oh yeah. I mean, that's 
I would say at this point, like most people don't like it. I like it. I like 2001 Space Odyssey. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. That's great. Uh, But I can see when people are like, this is boring. And it's like, uh, sure. To me, it's like a lot like this record where you have to lock in. Yeah. (laughs) It's because there's a lot of 2001 Space Odyssey you're not going to understand. And I don't know if you're supposed to, but it doesn't matter to me. Uh, I enjoy the movie quite a bit. Moving on. 2001's very instinctual. But yeah, um, this one's jammy, as you'll see. And a lot of the jamming throughout this album feels very improv like it oh, feels yeah. like they're just kind of up there ripping on their own but they're not shredding they're so, just i don't know three You'll minutes see. into born to go that's when you start hearing their first sort of jam like they get yeah. into it and uh there's a phaser pedal i think i also put i think acid and you you start to notice in the instrument and you're like is that a flute and it could be <laughs> but, um yeah they have a lot of like heavily affected something yeah like there might be, I have, I mean, I have the album. I can check the, the liner notes, but it's, I think it's a, what do we got? Um, there could be a saz, a swazzle, a <laughs> sax flute. Uh, something in here is just called an audio generator. I don't know what that means. An electronic <laughs> and uh, a synthesizer. So it could be any of those things. So one of the things I wanted to mention about this is that, you know, I don't notice that I noticed the bass player, like, after I heard it was me, but I really noticed right up front the drumming. The drumming in this is fucking fantastic. The drum, drummer's oh, yeah. amazing. Drummer's amazing. Which, I think the drummer's really good at kind of driving the songs and keeping it going, but he only has, he has one trick, and it's the Hawkwind trick, and it works every time. <laughs> it's he plays the beat, and then he goes, it's the same fill every time. I love it. I love it every time I hear it because it's good. And if you're good at that, you should keep it going. But yeah. it, <laughs> he only he does one thing, but he does it really well. Yeah, I, I mean, top notch musicianship, musicianship. If you can, because uh, honestly, like they're jamming a lot and they they change up a little bit, like during that jam. But like mm-hmm. l- like a like a good jam band, it's improvised. Like a lot of it sounds really improvised because you once you're in the moment, you can make a good decision or if you're you know really really uh acided out you can definitely do it uh, do that because <laughs> i'm seeing the song instead of you know hearing it but, right. um, but that's born to go born to go it has a pretty i don't want to say butt rock that's not their term but it has a pretty hard rock um skeleton but like most yeah. songs in this it's gonna go ahead and get really weird really weird really quick and if you're gonna see a band get really weird really quick it might as well be Hawkwind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but that will bring us into the next track of "Down Through the Night," yeah. uh, this... um, which is where you. This is at least where I kind of started to notice. Like, there's not a lot of breaks between songs. It's like they're kind of fading out or making noises at the end of "Born to Go," and then it's like, okay, well, here's the riff for uh, "Down Through the Night." I wanted to mention something about this: is that I didn't hear a whole lot of audience. So this they must have been plugged directly into the like. The mixing board for this, like, like I, I heard it only audience very seldomly at yeah, certain parts. I, I took notes as to when I first heard the audience, which we'll get to. I'll see if I can even find it. But it, yeah, it's like I feel like the first half of this album, you're like, is this a live album? I'm pretty sure it is. Which I think I kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of based on like doing the space ritual experience. Because it's like, I feel like the audience doesn't really add a whole lot a lot of the times. Uh, yeah. You're getting a lot of cheering and stuff like so, cause that. I know, but... the, I know the MCI, MC5 record that the, the first one they put out was recorded uh-huh. live. 
which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. But th- yeah, this is much different. Um, in yeah. I know Melvins have a live album where they played through the entirety of Houdini yeah, oh, wow. uh, to an empty like warehouse. Okay. So there's nobody there. <laughs> but uh, I bet if they did it now, there'd be a whole lot of fanfare because Houdini is like the people get Houdini is like their crowning achievement, right? Yeah. Well, they did it on purpose to play in front of nobody. Okay. They're just like, we want to recapture this album, but just live. Okay. We also don't want to play in front of anybody. So Fair enough. King Buzzin is what's up. Um, so yeah. down, uh, through, so the down night. through the night. Uh, this um, starts out with like starts sh- with shimmering guitar, little rumbles. Yeah, they 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 lighten up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, about one minute in is when they kick in. About one minute. Um, yeah, and I feel like part of locking in with this album mm-hmm. beyond like you know really getting down with the riffs, getting down with the weird jammy stuff, is you need to fully accept how kind of like cheesy. It is. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I wrote that this song is about going into rock and roll suspended animation. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's what it is. Like, it's, they get this, like, oh, music is going to, you know, transcend us into the things. But it's like, you can't do the the sci-fi and the music separately. So you're going into, you're going to rock and roll yourself into a trip across space. Down, down, and down, around, round, and round. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love after the jamming when the bass line hits again because I, I like this one a lot. I think the, the chord progression and the bass line and all that stuff is really catchy and yeah. cool. This song's very hooky. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this is, I mean, I'm not saying all the songs don't have a hook, but when it comes to hooking, Born to Go right away is like a song, like the skeleton, you hear that on the radio. And Down mm-hmm. Through the Night definitely has a hook when it comes to the down, down, and down, and round, round, and round. Um, right. And onward flies the bird. <laughs> I like that one too. Um, but uh, and this song has a really nice kind of like book ending where it starts with like those pretty guitar chords, gets heavy, and then it ends with the pretty guitar, pretty guitar lines. Interesting. It, it, around five minutes, or I'm sorry, it gets quiet like near the end. Like I was noticing that I was like, are they messing with the mixing? Because it sounded like they were just getting quieter, like you would at the end of a song that's fading out. And mm-hmm. that, so I don't know if that was part of the mixing or anything like that. It might have just been a jamming thing because uh, the version we listened to had been remastered, which okay. I feel like they could fix mixing issues. So it must have been um, something just about it then. They might they might have just been trying something, but it does kind of get quiet again, and then it goes into the next spoken word piece, which is the awakening. Yeah, it's which on. most of these are like let's make weird space sounds while a guy talks over it. But they take their rock and roll suspended animation and they take the thousand year trip back to Earth where they go they go back to reality, back to Earth. They were born to go, but now they're back. Monster so Gate, yeah. Save it. <laughs> you know, they got a, some like pew pew sounds show up. There's not a space battle or anything, but you know, just yeah. pew pew. It's, it's, got, sounds. it's got a an English dude uh, going over yeah. this. Uh, I, I think my favorite one was floating in a sack of dark fluid. I was like, okay, oh, I, yeah. get I get it now. <laughs> uh, it's kind of spooky, the guy's voice. Um, I'm like a lot of this. Uh, but, um, yeah, this is a, this is sort of the story of the show you're going to see. Like, you listen yeah. to it, the guy comes out. I imagine he's wearing a robe of some sort. <laughs> uh, he might be. There, there are pictures on my vinyl copy of it of, like, the performance. So, but I can't tell who's doing what. I looked at pictures of this I mean, of obviously band, I can tell. And they just look like weird. I looked at pictures of this band, and I was like, oh, it's just regular 70s dudes. Because, like, yeah. long hair. One of them has a handlebar mustache, and they're all smiling, wearing small shirts. <laughs> you know? you got to have the handlebar mustache. Yeah, at least one of them. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, after the... Oh, week... But yeah, it's it's a transition thing. Yeah. They, they do it a lot on this album. Uh, it's nobody's favorite track, obviously, because <laughs> it's just some dude talking. But then we but get to my like... second favorite track on the record. Ooh, Lord of Light. Lord of Light. Hard rock all the way with a uh, sorrowful yeah. sort of... Um, Galaga machine in the background. I guess the best way to put it, like, <laughs> like it's like this obviously has a, a skeleton of a hard rock song, but they add some sort of electronic stuff that sounds like it's it's adding depth to the song, right? Yeah, and, and you call it cheese, but I was into it. Um, I mean, a, just because it's cheesy doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, and it's a it's a driving rocker with a sax solo. I mean, how, we, we, yeah, saxophone solo was the first thing I wrote. So. <laughs> Uh, but they also, they do different singer in this one. Because there's, it's kind of one thing I really enjoy about Hawkwind is they're almost kind of like a creative collective, mm -hmm. I guess. Like, the guy who writes the the poems and stuff, he's like a actually good sci-fi author that just happened to be friends with the band. And they're like, hey, why don't you come in and do this stuff? Oh, we got some dancers that are good at their thing. Come in and do our stuff. Oh, we've got people who do cool light stuff. Come in and do our stuff. But it also works within the band where, like, they have three singers on this album yes. because Lemmy knows how to sing. The flute vocal player knows how to sing. One of the guitar players knows how to sing. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, like, I was like, that's definitely not the same singer as the previous song, you know? Like, uh, yeah, so you, you get a lot of variety, uh, I think, in this album. Lemmy is a um, little flat, though. Just a little bit. He's a little flat. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like um, Dave Brock is the guy who basically Hawkwind is, right? Yeah, he's Hawkwind. He's yeah. the only consistent member their history is so funny. It's like they'll hire people. Uh, like Lemmy got fired from the band because uh, he was doing drugs, and then they fired somebody from the band because he wasn't <laughs> as into drugs. And it's like, just make up your mind, man. Um, well, but Lemmy, Lord of Light made the kind 70, of seems to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Lord of Light seems to follow, uh, I don't know, some sort of like space magic event with moonlight and maybe like traveling back into space. Like they made it all the way back to Earth and now they're going back into some, space. Something they really wanted to hammer on the song, something about the seventh year. <laughs> they mentioned it twice. Yeah. So I was like, okay, something happens on the seventh year because the stones that measure the silver light but energy that travels here happens on the seventh year. Yeah. So some, it's it's some very specific event that they need. I'm gonna to be guess there it's for. The, I'm gonna guess it's the seventh year, like a seventh light year. I don't know, but yeah. it's okay. So Lord of Light was the first time you hear a crowd in uh, the song. Okay, okay, did I write that um, down? I did write that down. Uh, yeah. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you start to hear them on what is this? One, two, three, four, the fifth track. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, this is a live record, um, because it, yeah, it, there's also the like the, the near the end of the song they sort of. They sort of, I guess, run out of solo and just start doing scritchy scratching noises with the on the guitar, you know? Well, and, yeah, because then it needs to lead into the next track, Black Corridor, which is the next spoken word thing. And it starts with the EKG beep. That song. Yeah. yeah or the, <laughs> that track, rather. That's why we start yeah, what I wrote down. <laughs> that is what it sounds like. I, they're probably just make, playing some weird note on a synthesizer. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's, this one's actually. It's, it's kind of about the like. I don't know, the vastness or, like, the politics of space. It's, like, space is infinite. Um, the philosophy of space. Hate. It does not love. <laughs> it is remorseless. <laughs> it is senseless. It is an impersonal fact. Space, space. is... Space. <laughs> you do way better than I do. That's, that's what it sounds like, because I'm like, I'm like, okay. So there's also flourishes of electronic and stuff here, but there's a guy coming out who sounds super pretentious, 
<laughs> reciting this. I want to read some of his stuff. Because it's like, what does sci-fi sound like coming from someone who's hung out with Hawkwind? Yeah, what he sounds like is a complete uh, buzzkill. <laughs> like, but he's hanging out with Hawkwind. Yeah, I mean, How much of a buzzkill can he, he be? He, yeah, he's eating the snacks and drinking their whiskey, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I, the vibe I get from this, like, is if you ever seen the movie Heavy Metal? Yeah. The yeah, original one? Yeah, yeah. This feels very heavy metal where it's kind of like space wizards and all that stuff. Like, it's not this, like, hard sci-fi. It's this very, like, yeah, there's space wizards, man. <laughs> yeah, I get that, too, because, cause, you know, there's sci-fi, like, The Martian, which is kind of realistic. And then there's mm-hmm. sci-fi, like, like, um, like, Dune, right? So, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so this is... This is like Dune. We'll get to a song later where it's, like, Hawkwind's version of the future in so, space is really funny. Real quick, just a quick side note: Have you read Dune? No, I have it on my shelf. Oh, you got I it. really, I don't, I don't like series of books. Like, I know I'm going to stop at the first one. But oh, yeah. Also, upon I just finished a book that was like just about 500 pages. What was it? Um, uh, 100 Years of Solitude. Okay. Really good book. I recommend it. Okay. But I hate like I consider that a long book because. <laughs> I was loving every minute of it, and I was like 200 pages from the end, and I lost almost all motivation. Oh, I wow. Like, I finished it. I, I, It was a good book, so it was easy to kind of like pick up and force myself through a chapter, but it was like so I read, sitting I, there looking at this 800-page book. I'm just like, fuck, I don't want to read so that. So Dune, long. you should just read the first one. Um, I haven't yeah. read any of the other ones because I'm like – because I kind of hate the main character, kind of, just a little bit. Um. <laughs> I know Oscar Isaac's not a play in the movie, so I'm okay with that. But, but in the book, it's just it's this kid, right? And the and when I read it, for some reason, have you ever seen Ender's Game? I, I by the way, yeah, I haven't read, I've read it. it. Oh, you've read it? Okay, because uh-huh. uh, I it was required reading. In high okay, school. that's cool. Because because if it weren't required reading, I'd be like there are a whole bunch of sci fires out there that aren't extreme homophobes, like Orson Scott Card is. Yeah, fuck Orson Scott yeah. Card. I didn't. I did not read it on my own volition. I was forced into it, but I still—it's a good book. Yeah, uh, yeah everyone says it's great. Shitty people can write good books. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to. Same with shitty people like you writing good music. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, exactly. But um, so I read Dune, but in my head I had the kid from Ender's Game, that movie, it stuck in my head as this okay. place, and I was like, this douche nozzle. But I like the book. Like, so uh, yeah. I, I, I need to, yeah, whatever. But the book is so Dune speaking is good. of Dune, while we're, just while we're on Dune for like two more seconds, <laughs> yeah. There's a documentary called uh, Hodorowski's Dune. It's amazing. I love that documentary. I love. I want to see that version of the yeah. movie. Uh, I mean, if you, uh, you should read either the Incal or uh, Meta Barons. Okay. He took all of his ideas that he had for Dune and put it into graphic novels. Yeah, I haven't seen Gillian's version, which actually came out in the '80s, and I heard it. It's good, or it could be good. <laughs> so, Which one? Uh, the Dune that came out instead of Jordowski. So wasn't it Gilliam? Did he do that? No, no, no. Yeah, that's a, it was David Lynch. That's Lynch, yeah. And then they did, maybe did like a mini series. I can't remember. I've heard there is a good version of Dune out there, but I don't know where it is. You know, I hope it is. I hope it's still it's for the news Dune, which comes out. Yeah, which comes out in a couple months, and I cannot oh, wait. Fuck. Then I definitely need to read Dune before that comes out. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I might I'll... reroute it. I actually bought it for my brother on Christmas, so he would read it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, moving but on. <laughs> Hawkwind's response to this little spoken word poem thing is a track called Spaces Deep, which yeah. would be the next track on here, which um, is like, I think, just kind of like, okay, we heard Spaces Deep, here we are traveling through space. It starts out really strumming, and then it gets 45 seconds in, you just when you get actual 
uh, the term uh, only time I can use riffage because this this has a uh, this rocks this song rocks. Yeah, yeah, I like this song a lot. Um, it's it kind of has like long stretches of no drums and gets yeah. a little ballady. The first drum kicks in around three point. minutes and forty five seconds when you hear the first drums. Yeah, I was th- like, um, in my head. I was like, is he drinking something? Is he wiping his face off? What is he this doing? This is the piss track. <laughs> yeah. He's like, go, take your, go whiz. Yeah, he mapped it out beforehand. I have enough time to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it does It does kind of break down, I guess, the, the politics or the ideas that you see in the Black Corridor mm-hmm. uh, with, like, lines like, why does man try to be so tall? Where it's like, in the face of infinite space. Yeah. Like, why do we think we're so badass? Yeah. It's we're a- nothing compared, like... More minuscule. It's a it's in, pre- in the face of space. It's a pretty cool song. Like if you try to, f- I imagine the program might have had lyrics for this. You know, if there was mm-hmm. a, pro- I wonder if you can find the Shenhebe, the program. Maybe for this. the the program I know was a sci-fi short story. I don't know if they had any lyrics uh-huh. in there, but I think it's supposed to be like the story of like what the fuck's happening in the show. <laughs> um, but, um, but this, yeah, song, this, this song's a, a little bit slower, more atmospheric, kind of like a floating through space vibe. Yeah, it does get really sparse near the end of it too. Like like it it there's there's drums but it also not not a whole lot. Like, like you said sparse and all that sort of thing. That's definitely part of it. Um yeah, there's a lot of space uh-oh. between the instruments. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's definitely my, my second my first favorite song comes up in a little bit, but um before that we get into electronic number one, which is Strange because there's not yeah. no electronic number two in this record, uh, but yeah, uh, it's kind of weird. It's I think it, it, they're just an instrumental kind of electronic thing. It's space sounds without the vocals. It sounds a lot like our two D two points. Yeah, I wrote down Tui. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of beeps, a lot of boops. What, what, what are you? What is your? What is your thoughts on Star Wars? The the whole thing. Um, I, I mean, I like Star Wars. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think. I mean, we could have a whole separate podcast about this. Um, but I will say, I like Star Wars. I think people put it on a pedestal of, like, best, most well-made movies ever. Which yeah. I don't think they are. I think no, they're, no. Kind of, they're kind of in the Hawkwind vein of, like, yeah, this is fun and kind of dumb. But, like, it's sci-fi. movies come out, I mean, maybe it's just the, the culture of watching movies now. Like, people fucking rip these things apart and it's like did you not see the old ones <laughs> yeah, yeah the old ones are because they're not exactly the best made movies oh no no like, they're, they're like so... i don't i don't like the force awakens and i fucking hate rise of skywalker but i'll de- i'll defend last jedi i think that one's actually a well-made movie and then when people are like tearing it apart it's like yeah but the the old ones were also kind of dumb and stupid. Why can't you accept this one being weird, dumb, and stupid? Yeah, because they base their identity on something like this. It's a little ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And they're, um, but they're, I don't know. Star Wars is cool. Yeah, they're fun. I right? guess. They're fun. It's hard, <laughs> it's, it's hard to defend, I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't think it's some of, like, the best movies ever made like a lot of people do. I They're fun to watch. I'll watch through this series every so often. And it's on Disney Plus if you guys have that, so... Yeah, if you've never seen Star Wars, feel free to watch it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're fun movies. Um, and you won't have the ex- the hatred that some people do for it due to the fact that you didn't invest your whole fucking life into these movies. Like, yeah. like So, like, you, you won't feel upset that Phantom Menace is boring as fuck most of the time. But, the you know, the pod racing game was really fun. 
That was a really fun game. It's st- it's. I still think the pod racing is a good scene. Yeah, right. I stand behind it. Let's continue. okay. So no more Star Wars. If you want to listen to a movie podcast, there is one called Movies That Don't Suck <laughs> and Some That Do. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, um, but <laughs> let's I do highly recommend checking out. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, dude. Um, let's go to Oregon Accumulator. Co- my favorite song on the record. I love this one. Yeah. So when I was talking earlier about Hawkwind's vision of the future. This is kind of that. The song is about space drugs. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's got like a kind of like a boogie woogie vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is, but it's, it's typical Oregon 1970s rock. Yeah. yeah. Organ accumulators. I think this is important to note. They are not energy stimulators. They do not stimulate energy. They accumulate organs so you can get high. Because if you, if you use energy stimulators, they'll turn your eyeballs into craters. But what is an organ accumulator? This one, the organ, yeah, the organ accumulator. It's like a cerebral vibrator. Yeah, or a super. It's also a <laughs> Superman creator. Yes. So for those who haven't picked up on it, we're just, the conversation we're having now is literally just the lyrics of this. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Uh, this is definitely one of my favorite songs on here, but just the idea of like, let's write a whole song about space drugs is yeah. really funny to me. In, in Cerebral Vibrator, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this also has so, a... Again, you got to get over kind of the cheesiness of it, of the, these the... guys invented new but... drugs, of like, it's a thing that accumulates something that doesn't exist. But this shit slaps. This song is awesome. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's so also good. as a mid-song jam, but it's typical in the way that... It... They go in, they sing like the first like I don't know three verses. Then they do that jam, uh-huh. and then they come back. They sing like the last part of it, and then it ends. Uh-huh. And then, like, I was like, I was like, this is if if I told someone to listen to Hawkwind, or someone wanted to listen to Hawkwind, and they said give me one song, it would be this one right here. It'd be Organic Accumulator. Yeah. 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 Um, they also kind of like turn the bass up. The bass starts like playing chords in this one to just make the like. Oh yeah, chords that they're riding on seem extra heavy. It's got a bit of a bass solo it's got in a, here. It's got big dick energy. This song. Yeah, <laughs> that's why <what laughs> I got dick accumulated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, but, yeah, so is... then it goes into, and this is, I guess, how I interpreted the song is: this is a dude who's high on his accumulated organ. Mm-hmm. This is upside down. It's <laughs> it's a slower, kind of heavier. It feels Sabbathy to me. Yeah, it's. I, 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 what I felt in the back, like, I, was, I guess basically put it is like, when I heard the instruments, I felt like they were talking, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's what the sound I got from, like, like, they could be talking instruments. It's, it's the shortest actual song in the whole thing. Like, cause it's, it's a straight upside up song. down is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got like, it, also the singing, it was sort of off key, but I think on purpose to give the feeling of how high the guy was you know yeah he can't get a thing together yeah (laughs) he says in the song like it feels like he's standing upside down it's like you're really kind of like getting into his Mm -hmm. weird space trip right yeah i like to upside down but it's it's the shortest actual song on the whole thing yeah uh which then does kind of lead into the next uh spoken word track which is 10 seconds of forever yeah which i i actually like the way this one is structured it's kind of like a countdown it's like uh, what does he say? He's like, on the 10th second of forever, I did something. On the 5th second of forever, I remember the vermilion hills of Venus yeah. and the forests of Mars. Or, you know, something like that. But it's he's counting down the whole time. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it is spooky to me. Like, this one actually kind of creeped me out a little bit. Um, uh-huh. Just because of the dude's voice. So like, like, I like it because 
it kind of goes into more of that theme of like time disappearing or dilating because mm-hmm. it's like as the seconds tick by like it's kind of like bigger events happen it's like i can't remember exactly what the things are because he switched the order around so i was reading the lyrics and they were different from <laughs> what he was saying in the song but You're like, like what <laughs> yeah the events kind of get bigger and shifted around based on what second it is um but speaking of things getting bigger and time disappearing uh we get into brainstorm Brainstorm. Which is the longest song on the album. Uh, originally on the vinyl copy yeah. of it, mm-hmm. when it was first pressed, it was so long that they had to cut it down. I think they took like four minutes off. Yeah. This is a minute, And right? uh, this, this one is the complete version okay. that they put on Spotify. So they're, the one we're listening to is the full song, but they originally did have to cut it down. Well, yeah, it's a, lo- it's a long fucking song for sure. Uh, but... <laughs> But it's rock and roll, and it's cheese all the way. Like, 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 right, right up front, you, you're like, okay, when Ryan's mentioning the cheese, this is the perfect, like, the perfect uh, song to say, yeah, hear the cheese in this because there's a lot of it. I, I do I love it. It's it, despite it being so long, the riffs do kind of change slightly throughout the song. It's about just kind of escaping through your mind. Yeah, um, can't get no peace <laughs> till I get into motion. Sign my release from this planet's erosion. Um, and I was like, paranoid police have sussed down my potion. You gotta help me out, or help me, or there'll be an explosion. Yeah, there's all kinds of kind of cheese stuff in this. It's very proggy. Like, if you want to think prog rock, this one is to me the most proggy of this whole record. Um, because of the because oh, the, yeah, because the 11 minute jam, because most of it is just jamming. Yeah, they kind of stopped singing lyrics like two minutes into yeah. it. I'm like, what the hell are they going to do for the yeah, rest yeah. of the 12? And they just they just fuck around, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and it also ends like really kind of like slow and heavy. Mm-hmm. Like they really just kind of like start riding on some heavy notes. There's, there's, a, there's a train whistle at some point, I think. There's so much on this album. Like, it, I feel like they brought all the instruments they had and then were kind of just like looking around while they were jamming and just like, all right, uh, train whistle. Here we go. Yeah, I do, I do like the uh, causing noise in it, though. That's, that's the noise. The, like, the causing noise in it? Pretty cool. Yeah. Crazy sax. Wild sax. And not like sexy sax, but just like crazy sax. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And it's um, um, a break from the noise Uh that just happened in the previous track, it goes into seven by seven, which I think starts off really kind of like slow and pretty. Yeah. I think it, I also wrote down single as, and I think if they had to release a single seven by seven might be it. Uh, I also really like this one because it kind of joins together two parts of the show where you got the rocking and the, uh, like the poetry that are happening. Mm-hmm. There's a middle point in the song where the, the poet kind of kicks back in. He shows up and he's like, what's up guys? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's like this song really feels like um, the lyrics that, that Hawkwinder singing are kind of like a person who's like lost in space. They are lost in the astral plane, and then the poet who comes in, who's kind of been waxing poetically about space, is responding to uh, the person who's lost their soul or their astral body in space and time. I feel like I've heard this song before, by the way. Not like it's like, you know, tropey or anything, but I feel like I've legit heard this song somewhere before. Like oh, in, really? <laughs> in a movie or just hanging out with someone, but I've heard this song. Yeah, maybe it's a... It, I bet it's shown up in a movie. It's had to have, right? Like parts or it of showed it. up on like a Discover Weekly list on Spotify <laughs> or something. 
it's probably my second favorite song on the record. Then it's I mean right now it's working on accumulator, Word of Light, and Seven by Seven. I think those are my favorite songs on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think those are great choices. And then uh, um, but then that'll get us into Sonic. honestly probably my favorite uh spoken word one. Sonic Attack. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's the rules for if your district is caught in a sonic attack. Oh shit, what are you gonna do? If you're making uh, love, well, it's imperative to bring out bodies or orgasm simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this one, you start getting members of the band kind of like chiming in, where it's like the guy's like, do not panic. And do not panic. Yeah, in the back, do not panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, I feel like the uh, the instruments and stuff like that start getting so overwhelming that I think they're trying to like mimic what it would be like to be in a sonic attack. It sounds like a helicopter. So you better quickly bring yourself to orgasm. It does, yeah, or or you'll die blue balls. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, every man for himself. So the, every man for himself. <laughs> no one else. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, I. It sounds like a helicopter. This is. It's also spooky as well. It's pretty cool though. Like like looking at the lyrics and listening to it, you're like, I want to know what's gonna go on here. I want to know what the sonic tag actually looks like. You know? Yeah. Well, I think I think that's what it sounds like. It, and then the next track, uh, "Time We Left This World Today," kind of feels like the aftermath of a sonic attack because they mention stuff like the brain police. Like it seems like people are chasing you. It's also for such a spacey album, really down to earth. Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff is like, "Hey, we got to leave Earth. We got to do this stuff because it's like sonic sonic attacks are happening. Like shit's happening. Like we need to get the fuck out of yeah. here." But I paranoid mean, neighbors, watch uh, out for the rain police. They're not yeah. far away. <laughs> <laughs> paranoid neighbors want you gone. Like there's just a lot of stuff going on where it's like, yeah, I feel like this is kind of like the state of Earth at this time, uh, and they're like, "You should leave." Yeah, and. This is sort of, I bet, a part in the show when I imagine they're saying, "This is we're leaving Earth. We're gonna go somewhere else. This is, this is the genesis of, uh, of inner. I don't know, not just weird sci-fi stuff." Um, yeah. <laughs> do you want to get in the Masters of the Universe? I think so. Oh. I think they leave Earth, and they. I think this song is one of those ones where they get really kind of like into cosmic energy stuff like that which this song was actually the first Hawkwind song I ever heard because it was on the rock band metal pack oh yeah <laughs> that it's... I bought it had some really great songs on there uh but this was one of them uh it's overall like my just my second favorite Hawkwind song in general yeah it's it's a, it's hard rock man this one's definitely I mean metal I guess if you want to call it metal but I got I, I had a hard time finding any of this I considered metal hard rock for sure then yeah. again, I think it's one of those like early hard rock stuff where people are like, no, 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 that's metal. Led Zeppelin's metal, you guys, and it's like, no, they're not. Yeah, I think I think when I when I was sort of talking about it just now, I was thinking, well, I'm splitting hairs, aren't I? So yeah, so actually, I think it's just one of those things where it's like early hard rock. I think a lot of people it inspired a lot of metal, and there's a lot of like this cross-contamination, I so, guess. So, previously in this record, there's lots of long jams, but nothing like this solo that's in this song. This one has a long-as-fuck solo in it. And yeah. it's, it's good. It's a good A lot of guitar solos, a lot of sax solos. It's about kind of like 
becoming one with the universe, but also being the creator of the universe, some like space god thing that's imbued yeah. with cosmic energy. What's the shit the to master create? of the universe. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool song. And uh, I love this song. I still listen to it quite frequently. And then they do something that I didn't think that a lot of band the, the, this record would do in particular is they end with this spoken word piece. Yeah, they really kind of cap it off. They start in with a spoken word thing, end with a spoken word thing, uh, which is kind of an interesting way to end it because they they end the music part of it with like, hey, we've kind of like absorbed into the nature or the the energy of the universe. And then this one is, they end it with like, hey, welcome to the future, uh, where it's like this weird dystopia of like bottled oceans and... <laughs> Yeah, consumerism. Being, and I, I imagine that some people at this point were leaving, because it feels like the odds is getting yeah. up. Because, um, uh, or uh, I actually don't know what they, where they played. If it was the theater, or if they're standing room. Um, I think it was probably standing room. Yeah. So, I, but yeah, it's it's like this kind of interesting, like not only welcome to the future, but like welcome back to reality. Like, hey, you've spent the last eighty minutes kind of floating through space, mm-hmm. escapism thing, but it's like. Hey, welcome back uh, to this Earth that you've created. Doesn't it fucking suck here? See you later. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Hawkwind. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm trying to figure out. So I I did like this record. Um, I found things to like about it. It's not okay. my. It's not my cup of tea. Um, which okay. is which is I fine. I can see that. Um, and I don't want to sound like you know this dude who's too good for this because I'm not. It's just it's. It's not what I would pick out on my own, which is fine. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Hawkwind's kind of a very specific flavor. You listen to some hard rock riffs with, you know, squeedly D. <laughs> squeedly uh, D. Lots of squeedly Noises D. over it. But yeah, I don't know. It's, I think with me, with Hawkwind, is it something that is simultaneously unpretentious, but then very pretentious at the same time? <laughs> oh, that's what you got from it? All right. Well, yeah, because they have all these, like, you know, future and space and sci-fi, very, like, kind of, like, high-concept ideas, and then they're just kind of playing, like, straightforward hard rock stuff. I don't know. I love Hawkwind. Yeah. I love this. I ha- I have the taste of a an early London punk. Oh, yeah, so, well, I mean, it's it's a fun, it's a fun, uh, fun record. Uh, I mean, some people would probably find it not fun. I found it quite, I found it a lot of fun in this record. Um, and yeah, th- thanks for showing this. I'm, I'm glad I listened to it. I'll put it that uh, I think there's other Hawkwind you should maybe check out. Um, they have an album called In the Hall of the Mountain Grill. Is it supposed to sound like In the Hall of the Crimson King? Uh, In the Hall. It's supposed to sound like In the Hall of the Mountain King. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Uh, which is like that. No, it's pure game. I don't, I don't, it's a classical song. It's really good. I can't okay. for the life of me remember what it sounds like right now. So, is uh, this but then a... they also hung out in a place called the Mountain Grill when they were a band. So they're like, uh, ah, this would be funny. But nice. it's a really good, really good album. So when it comes to uh, Hawkwind, where is this in the pantheon of Hawkwind stuff for you? This might be my second favorite album of theirs. Okay. What, um, and the, first be... being in the Hall of the Mountain Grill, second yeah. being this one, third being um, uh, In Search of Space. And then, like, I've heard bits and pieces of their other stuff, but it doesn't it yeah. doesn't quite land for me. <laughs> yeah. So that was Hawkwind's. Uh, yeah, Space I Ritual. think we should get into yours. Okay, well, let's do it. 
Um, my pick, and I, I want to mention first off, I need to uh, preface this. This was not my pick. Okay, guys? My pick was, and right. this was something I had to settle for. Because originally, back in 1966, Bob Dylan did a concert in uh, London. It was bootlegged, and it was erroneously called the Royal Music Hour Hall. It was actually placed at a place called Fairtree Hall, but they had mislabeled. And then uh, the 90s, Columbia took that recording, made Bootleg Series Volume 7, I think, or Volume 6. And it is one of the most incredible pieces of rock history over here because it's the first tour that Bob Dylan did electric and the audience fucking hates it. They're booing him. <laughs> so the first half he does, he does um, acoustically, and they're fine with it. And, but I can tell he's not into it. And then the second half, the band comes out. And after the first song he plays, they're just booing him. And he's like, right. he's like, he starts uh, talking gibberish to the microphone. At some point, uh, right before um, he plays the last song of that set, someone yells, Judas, and he goes, I don't believe you. You're a liar. And then you can hear him audibly say, just uh, just have range the mic, play it fucking loud, and they launch into it. And it is so fucking amazing. Well, I didn't choose this because Spotify does not have it. Uh, it used to be on there. It used to be, um, and I also went on the YouTube, hoping that we could, people listening to this show, could um, could go find it, could listen to it. But you'll have to buy it off Amazon or something like that if you want to listen to it. Um, if right. you find it, uh, anyone who listens to the show, I recommend listening to it. It's I love it so much, but uh, I can't find it anywhere streaming, and uh, vinyl was of it is ungodly expensive. So Oh, is it really? Yeah. So instead <laughs> I chose Wilco's King Television Live Chicago. Practically the same thing. <laughs> well they it said the audience really liked it. <laughs> um, so I this is kind of an a just a little aside. Um I had a, I texted Amara to bring me some more wine. So she came in and poured it and poured me the biggest glass of <laughs> wine I've ever had. So are you going to get drunk? So if I start to fade by like the last 13 tracks of this, you'll know why. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it'll be just me talking. So this was released in 2015, 2005. Um, this is shortly after Jeff Tweedy got out of rehab from a, uh-huh. a pill addiction. So you can go ahead and say, oh, this is Jeff Clean or whatever. It's also the first um, Wilco record that has the longest incarnation. The, the, the band that recorded um, uh, Kicking Television has been the same band for the past, I don't know, six or seven records. Um, okay. Yeah, and that, that route, obviously, uh, Wilco, when we pull up their uh, list, of, mostly it's um, Pat Sansone and then, mm-hmm. of course, Jeff Twiggy, uh, John Surrett. And is Nils Klein? Nils Klein is part of the band at this point. Yeah, Nels Klein is, if you guys don't know, he's an amazing guitar player. Amazing guitar player. Um, he's known uh, outside Wilco for just being a great uh, jazz rock guy. And um, Yeah, he does some really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's an album, he did like a super group thing mm-hmm. called uh, Big Walnuts Yonder. Yeah. With uh, Mike Watt from The Minutemen. Yeah. Uh, the drummer from Deerhoof and the guitar player from Terramellos. Yeah. It's yeah. insane stuff. It's really good. Also, it has Glenn uh, Glenn Cog Glenn is like also one of the most well known percussionists. I mean, he does he's done all kinds of stuff. Mikhail Jorgensen, mm-hmm. who's uh, just some nerdy dude who plays keyboard, 
And um, yeah. So it's a it's a six uh people. It's a sextuplet or what? Six is that septuplet or sextuplet or what is six? Uh, sextuplet. Yeah. So sextuplet. Um, Wilco or if you guys know Wilco are you have not been listening to, um, alternative music, I guess forever. <laughs> because yeah, I feel like everybody should at least like know Wilco, whether you've heard a song or not. Um, yeah, it's, it's up in the air, but their their most well known record, uh, without a doubt, is Yankee Tell Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went out and released The Ghost Is Born and alienated alienated a bunch of people who really liked Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. This uh, this was released um right after Yankee uh, Ghost Is Born, which is their hold on, and being their uh Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And a ghost born. This is a fifth record released after the fifth, fifth record. Cool. As as um as Wilco, he's been doing stuff before that. His uncle Tupelo, and they split off. There's Sunvolt, and there's Wilco. For a while, Sunvolt were held in much higher regard than Wilco until he killed till Foxtrot came out and never forgot all about Sunvolt while I was over Jeff Tweed's dick and that. So um, <laughs> so uh, this is a live record. You can tell right away right off the bat. Well, hold on. We'll get into that after we talk about it, after we play it. But uh, this is uh, the 16 of the 20th tracks off here off their previous two records. There are very few tracks that are not in Yankee Law Foxtrot and A Ghost is Born. You know what? I just think I want to play the sampler and then we'll talk about it. I got more to cool. say about it. But this no, is, uh, you guys can go on Spotify, Wilco's Kicking Television Live in Chicago. And uh, here we go. Feeding in my garden, bow on the leaves. 
years of Them's got ears that them hear Them's got eyes that them see Turn your eyes to the Lord of the sky Cheer up Honey, I hope you can I'm down on my hands and knees Every time the doorbell rings They may lose in the end Sometimes they'll try to make you sin Alright, that was Wilco's um, Kicking Television Live in Chicago. Uh, Wilco are from Chicago. So when they recorded the record, or they recorded this, they were originally just a DVD with it. Because... And then oh, they, okay. Yeah, and they, but they, they watched the footage and like, well, it zaps the energy from the songs. Um, so Wilco, I've seen them three times. Um, so what, they just have bad stage presence or what? I don't, I don't know. I, I'd really like to see the, the footage of this, honestly. I, I think it'd be awesome. Um, uh, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, I've seen them three times and the four times. So I saw them once in Dallas. Um, and it was the best show I've ever been to 100% to this day. 100%. Oh, wow. Um, the second best show I've ever been to was another Wilco show in, uh, <laughs> Kansas City at the Midland, right? I saw Wilco the second time between them, nice. but I saw them at, uh, outside. What's that place across from? It's outside. Oh, it's, Starlight? Yes, not Starlight. Somewhere else. In downtown. It's a, it's out there. Grinders? Yeah, Grinders. Out, yeah, the Grinders. Yeah, it was fucking awful. <laughs> they weren't awful. The the the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the crowd was awful. Um, they were drunk and all oh, this. bummer. And so I saw them, and then I saw them again. Full and, of sandwiches. Yeah, full of sandwiches. People are really, really, really drunk. Um, and then we saw Midland that was amazing. And then I saw them, the last time I saw them was also the Midland and this was, they had seats and it was awful because <laughs> they had seats. Like, like I've all seen right. them standing all the whole time, but I went there and the, because they were, I think they mentioned there were seats in the, in the, uh, when they were selling tickets, um, because there were people that were, I don't know, twice my age there, three times my age there, oldest fuck people there. And I was like. Well, I'm not enjoying myself because they're either sit, they're like they're standing and sitting down, a bunch of that. And uh, Jeff was like, "I'm not going to be up here, you know. Uh, I'm not going to be David Lee Roth saying, stand up, motherfuckers. You guys please that yourselves if you want to stand for the song or not.' Um, I did not, <laughs> I did not enjoy myself time, and I left early. But I do have a a, a show poster of it. But uh, we'll cover the best band I've seen live. Uh, second best I've seen band I've seen live is Rocky Fire. But getting into Woke Up. Um, I don't know. Cool. Kick them TVs. Yeah, kick the TVs, kicking television. I don't know exactly. Uh, I I I know this one well, but I guess again, I'm a Wilco fan when it comes to their records. So I just bought this as a uh-huh. big, big fan. But I do think it does a good job of capturing their live presence because there's one thing that Wilco know how to do is to be a fucking live band, and that was I think this yeah, record is a it parent. seemed like it. They're like. I've seen bands. Yeah, I will say just kind of off the top. I like, I think this is a good 
live album because they change stuff up enough. Mm-hmm. They do some. There's enough like wiggle room, I think, with their songs and what they can do that it would keep a live performance interesting. So I've gone to concerts where they've just played everything straight up and changed nothing, and it's just like, why wouldn't I just listen to like put your discography on shuffle? Yeah, and I think for it two hours. I and think it's that that's a concert. I think it's important for a band that's going to play live and nowadays when when you know a concert venue is open back up and uh, have bands in there. I think it's important for bands to know what works live and what doesn't. And if it doesn't work live, how they can make it work live when it comes to songs. Um, there's only a few exactly. tracks. There's only a few tracks on here where I think that they tried to push something, but you also got to think about the people in the room because if there's silence, they got to go woo, or you know, like, or they got they got to um, scream during the quiet parts, which bothers. They got to start talking for some reason. Oh, yeah. Okay, but um, we'll close King Television. I uh, let's get into it. Let's get into track by track. And then I'll talk about it. I think we should. Opens with Misunderstood. A track off being there. Not the pink album. Not the pink album, but but it's a a track off being there. Disc one of their second record. Disc one and disc two being there are split off into like a country tinged and then a rock record. And that's that's when they stop basically being a country band or stop doing that sort of thing there. Um, Misunderstood is very, very, very different from the album version. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. This song... It, I think this one I felt was kind of weird because it's a it's a slow opener mm-hmm. for a concert. Like I feel like um, most of the concerts I've been to, like they start like hard fat. Like they they start rocky mm-hmm. is what they come out most, and they do it. Yeah. Most concerts like that's the that's the general agreement across going to concerts. You start strong, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not that this is a bad song, but you start like. You know, every time rock. I've seen them, they open with this song, Misunderstood. And I think, oh, really? Yeah, the end of it is like nothing, nothing. I think it, that's sort of that's sort of like they're interesting is like, this is how we're gonna open the show, and this is this is uh, how you're yeah. gonna go. And it's it's a great song. I love I love that part where they're they're saying nothing, nothing over and over again because yeah. it, it really does kind of feel like the crowd in this one is just like, what do we do? Yeah, yeah, what do some we of do? them started cheering, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's just kind of like what's happening because yeah. it it almost kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it, it's also a very noisy song. But, it's like when you sort of hear Wilco, um, you know, you'll hear the mm-hmm. their soft stuff, but but this song gets noisy at points, like right from the very beginning. In fact, oh for sure. And uh, that's one of the things I'm really impressed by is how they're able to to do this noise with. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But Misunderstood is the first song they open with. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think there's a lot of kind of, like, ugly, noisy sounds on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does kind of, like, mesh with some of this just... Not, like, more, like, straightforward, but more traditional-sounding music. Like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the same without the noisy stuff. Um, but, like, the noisy stuff feels at home kind of in what they're what they're doing. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm... Um... This goes into this uh, second track, "Company in My Back," which is a Ghost Is Born track. It's pretty. It's a. Uh, it's you know piano guitar with a little flourishes. It's it's not my favorite song by by uh, Longstraw, mm-hmm. but um it it does have it a, does something cool that I like where Wilco is kind of like nebulously a alternative country band, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and like the synthesizers that show up in this song, I think are filling the spot of like a slide guitar. Yeah. Like they feel like they're doing the slide guitar thing, but they don't sound like a slide. They, 
you know what I mean. Like, it doesn't have the timbre of a slide guitar, but it's doing the slide guitar thing. I do want to mention that every track on here that's uh, a Ghost is Born, this is a track, is definitely uh-huh. rocks harder and is more toured than the album version. Like, like it's like they understood. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like, it's weirder than the album, album version. The album version is very, you know, when this record I felt was like kind of cold and clinical in the way that they went into a laboratory to do this next record. But to me, this is mm-hmm. where these songs shine when it comes to it. Um, but by the way, this is also kind of like, I think, where you realize how good of a guitar player Nels Klein is and how okay a guitar. Yeah, he does a cool little, like, jazzy guitar solo during the second verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nels Klein is amazing. Which is great. Um, and they do this kind of op- thing at the opening and thing at the end. It's like this short little guitar line that they just kind of repeat yeah. over and over again that I I really like, and they open with it and they close with it on this track. It's uh it's a this uh yeah it's a good song but uh my actually we'll get to my favorite song they play in here but next one's called the late greats also from a ghost is born and that mm-hmm. that's just a silly song about um about you know bands and garages are better than anyone will ever know because they didn't get signed and they they just care about the music man <laughs> that's what I got from it yeah uh, well it's it, it does have some interesting examples like uh. Romeo is one they mentioned who has like a really good voice, but he doesn't, he looks a little too old. He doesn't look marketable. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Um, I think it's an interesting like perspective to take on it. Cause I mean, you still do kind of see it. This thing's from what? 2005. You said, yeah. 2005. I mean, we're, we're still kind of seeing that we're overcoming it a little bit, but yeah, it's like, you get that kind of like, Oh, this person's not a pop star cause they're not, the right age but they're not attractive enough and to me this song is the first time you'll hear someone say are Wilco dad rock because Wilco have been accused of being dad rock especially past um you can tell Foxtrot there are some dad rock songs on this record yeah they okay. total line yeah they total line um and I you know he's old he's probably he's like in his mid 50s now <laughs> his wife's like 61 did you dad. fucking know that Jesus his wife's like 10 years older than he Interesting. is yeah um <laughs> Let's move on. Um, one thing I found really weird yeah. about this this song in particular is it ends like it's the last song of a set. Mm-hmm. At does. least with like how it's recorded, like they do that kind of like continue strumming the last note, the like people cheer and it fades out, and I'm like, oh, is that it? Is it only three songs? Yeah, yeah. And then it goes to the next track, and Which it's like. Why did you record it that way? That's which, so weird. Which is also another um, um, Ghost is Born song. And I love Hell is Chrome. Yeah, I love this song. Um, I think it's weird. It doesn't really say much. I think it's a great song. Yeah. It, uh, to me, it's a... So during recording of Ghost is Born, Jetree was fucked up on, on drugs the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah. And so oh, I, really? I was getting sort of like, um, you know, like the lyrics that I thought were basically about I don't want to say they're about drugs, but I, I do feel like he was um, he was grappling with it a lot. But this song, it it's maybe I think the vibe I got from this one, as far as lyrics go, is kind of like hell is this weird kind of like futurist, very exact, free of flaws mm. future, like That's a good way time that we live in, where it's like you got no nature, you have no flaws. Um, it's just kind of like it's shiny, it's chrome, it's you know, it's perfect. Yeah. Which is 
yeah. uh, not correct. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, the, um, I, I love the guitar solo in this song. It's so fucking, like, it yeah. sounds spacey, but dirty at the same time. It's fuzzy. It's fuzzy. I like, I like, yeah. Hellchrome is great. Um, lots of, it, it, yeah, and it's, it is a slower song. There are a lot of kind of slower to mid tempo songs on this guy. Yeah, in, in this guy. <laughs> um, uh, it's pretty faithful to the version, but this, the, after this is where you hear, uh, Jeff Twee sort of do a little bit of banter. He says like stuff like "Hey" in there, but this time he goes like, "Oh, you drove from Kansas City to Chicago to see Wilco. How is that? How dignified is that?" And I was like, "I would do that." <laughs> that was all I was thinking. So yeah. I wrote down "very dignified." And I just <laughs> love that the person was like Kansas City. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, I, I would drive." But I, it's like, I would drive. Yeah, yeah. You notice it a little bit later. I think Jeff Tweedy fucking hates when people yell. Oh yeah, he has to because it's like. The two times it happens on this album, both times she's like, "Oh, pff, you heckling me," and he's like, "No, I'm just yelling Kansas City." Yeah, and he's also like, "Which oh, they- I think the people probably knew a CD was being recorded, so they're probably like, hey, be on your best behavior.'" And then some guy was like, oh, "I live here," <laughs> and some guy, uh, and they they were like, "Jeff was like, shut the fuck up." I think <laughs> some guy later on the record goes, "I love you." I was like, "Oh, that's great." Then now be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he told him. But uh, mm-hmm. when I saw Jeff both times I saw him live. Yeah, that's the one that's later. I, I saw him do a solo show because I forgot to mention that I saw him in Texas do a solo show, and it was he was fucking uh-huh. hilarious, hilarious. But he does not like it when the band the people Good. talk. He was like, he was like, why would you come here? Well, I'm singing for you guys, and then you talk. I, he's like, let's try this. Everyone be silent, and so everyone in the thing was uh, silent. He's like. See, wasn't that nice? So, when playing, you guys could do the same thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, you, you were right. He does not like it when people talk to him in the show, and I can totally get it. It'd be, it'd be like that guy playing, playing, you know, the the legend pot bellies while everyone's eating their sandwiches because no one wants them there. But um, anyway, after after Hell's Chrome, but yeah, uh, this song, Handshake Drugs. Yeah, which is pretty pretty interest, interesting song. Yeah. You got uh got some lines like chewing gum for something to do. It's kind of this like seems like he's kind of like doing drugs just out of boredom. Yeah. Saxophone started blowing me down. But yeah, yeah, of course. It, 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 it's as all, they do. Yeah, as they do. It's kind he of, was listening to Hawkwind is what he was saying. Also also sort of a a uh, another ghost is born track. It's um it's kinda got like a Roxanne vibe at some point. And then, like, a freak out near the end of it, which I thought was yeah. into. I was into the freak out. But so. I like the part with the Roxanne vibe because they do, like, it seems like there's two guitars going. Mm-hmm. So they've got, like, one guitar in one ear and a guitar in the other. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of playing off of each other. And it sounds really cool. Yeah. Nels was doing all kinds of wiggling and noodling in this thing. Uh, it's, it's a cool song. Um, yeah. It, he, it gets jammy near the end where they kind of keep layering stuff in. Um, in this like Wallace sound kind of thing, which I think works really well with the lyric in there, like buried, buried in sound. Yeah. D- yeah. I didn't it's actually, like, hey, all right, well we say that. So we're going to do it until you said this just now. I was two years old when I put that together. <laughs> you just brought that. I, I didn't think about it till just now. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good times, bud. <laughs> That's why it's great to show off albums. You get new, new perspectives yeah. on stuff. And then we get into the actual, you can tell Foxtrot territory. With a, I'm trying to break your heart. Which, um, you know this song because you know that record. Everyone knows this song. Um, I do. It's different. Is than... this the opening of that album? Yeah, I'm trying to break your heart. It is. I can't remember. It is, for sure. 
Um, yeah. It's pretty faithful to... Uh, the... And here it kind of opens with this, like, sitar drone and drums. Got some just really cool kind of weird sounds cropping up. Yeah, it's it's one of those songs that it opens in that album perfectly uh, to me. Like, with it, you know, it's all mm-hmm. Foxtrot. That album, the opener is perfect, and it sort of sets the tone, except for, like, a few red earrings here in that record. But um, uh, I'm trying to make it right. hard. It's pretty faithful rendition live. But it's also kind of looser. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. looser. I think it's definitely looser. But it has great lines like "Bible Black Pre Dawn." He's been drinking too many aquariums. Yeah, it, which I picked that line from it because I love that line so much. Uh, using assassin as a <laughs> verb, which was great. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, he does a solo version of this um, acoustic, and it's amazing. Like he adds everything into it, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, how the fuck is he doing that? But this is a whole band version, so he doesn't need to, you know, bring it all together. And it's a it's a good song. Yeah, I I really like uh, the piano in this because mm-hmm. it it plays like it seems like notes that are like out of key or out of the scale or whatever they're using in the song. But mm-hmm. like every single time it hits that kind of like wrong quote unquote wrong note mm-hmm. in the song, like it always makes me like, just like pay extra attention to it because like that's like that sounds cool. Yeah, I think it yeah. sounds really cool. And, and then they- it just ends. Uh, with some cool noisy sounds. Yeah, it's got to. And then it gets into uh, a track off um, Summer Teeth, which is the record before Nito Foxtrot. That was kind of like a pop rock sort of like, like almost like an ad, like a Beatles type record, which I I really like Summer Teeth. Mm-hmm. And Shaun the Arm is one of the standout tracks on it. It's a, it's a rocking song, or it's like a, it's a jaunty song. Yeah, as Trey says. <laughs> but, um, it's also got some weird parts at the end of it too. This also gets some noisy. It's shot in the arm, but uh, yeah, I really like. It has this kind of like uh, synth loop, yeah, that's playing, and it kind of just stays under everything for a while. Like it's like this really interesting like atmosphere that they build around this track. Yeah, also a bass line that makes sense to be in the song. You know, uh, shot mm-hmm. in the arm is it's one of those really sugary songs that you, you gotta play because it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he but, uh, he rhymes the letter C with the word C. Crazy, like right? right, guys? You guys are losing your mind I over that. That was great. Yeah, he and they followed them down the um, neck to D. You know, we're just talking about the neck to D. Oh. Is he talking about what, is it, what kind of neck is he talking about? And then he about? rhymes D with C as well. Yeah, what's up with that? I, that would bother me, by the way. Um, if, if I were a songwriter, <laughs> I am a songwriter, but but for example, in Harvey Danger's uh, Flagpole City, they rhyme hell. Or they what? They rhyme well with well. Uh-huh. And, and uh, Sean Nelson actually references that in that songbook I have by him, and he talks about how the how it bothers him so much that he did that. <laughs> they run well with well, That's but so funny. <laughs> he's but um, and, yeah. this track has the crowd uh like singing on. Oh yeah, you can hear which it. I think adds to it pretty well. Yeah. Like they're I don't know if they're just singing really well or they're mixed really well, but it kind of gives it like a choir well, vibe well, to it. Well, Jeff steps back from the microphone. I actually picked that part out of the song to put in the clip. Is Jeff steps back, steps back from the microphone and lets the crowd sing some of it because you can. He's mm-hmm. the crowd knows this song. I mean, they, it yeah, it was pretty great to hear the, the sort of communal vibe everyone singing along. And there are several songs in here where you listen hard enough, you can hear the audience sing along. This is one of them. Um, I, I think like the first track on this had that too, and I I remember thinking during um, uh, misunderstood like fuck. I hope we don't hear the crowd the whole time because that is 
that is admittedly one of my least favorite parts about going to a concert is the motherfucker leaning on my back screaming the lyrics <laughs> in my ear or the songs he wants to hear. And it's like, I can't deal with this. I went to a Mastodon concert once. I had some dude with his elbows in my back, oh. like leaning on me going, Blood and Thunder! Yeah. Blood and Thunder! <laughs> and then when they played Blood and Thunder, the only lyrics he knew were split my lungs with Blood and Thunder. And it's like, I was about to kill this person. Yeah, I... Man mysteriously disappears in a mosh pit of a Mastodon concert. <laughs> I uh, I don't like... Um, it's a, I, I've seen Code and Cambria live, and uh-huh. that was the... Probably the worst time I've ever had a show because it was when they were super popular. So you'd be in this mass of people and you, I'm sure you've experienced this. And then someone leads a too, bit too far from it, So half the crowd starts falling. So I don't, you're being yep. like in mass crowd. So I got, I, I clawed my way to the front barrier and I, I was the, told the security guards to fucking pull me out. But like by the third song, I was drenched in sweat. I was like, this fucking sucks. You know, like I see in the back, I got, yeah, I, I feel like I almost got crushed to death at a Mastodon concert before. Cause I was like way up front and there were a million people there. Cause it was like death clock were playing mm-hmm. and high on fire. And I think converge. Oh my God. And it was just like, so many people were just pushing forward with like nothing in between them. Cause it was a huge, uh, like floor area. Yeah. Like, the biggest standing room only floor area I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. That's not even like leaning or anything. There's no, there were no breaks in it. So it was like yeah. somebody could push from the back and just the and weight of a thousand people were just crushing you against the barrier. Oh, man, it sucked. I mean, it was I, st- awful. I, stayed... I eventually moved back and then I accidentally bought a, uh, uh, a girl cut shirt and it didn't fit me because it had room for like, it was like a weird shape and it had room for boobs. And oh, I was man. Like, Damn it. I spent $20 on this fucking shirt. <laughs> yeah. When I saw Code and Cambria, they played uh, in Keeping Seeds and Silent Earth. I'm like, all right, we saw it. Let's leave. I'm out of here. And I drove home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, okay. Uh, let's get the next uh, one. Yeah, shot in the arm. I like the part where uh, the instruments drop out and it's just vocals and pianos. And mm-hmm. you really kind of like start to realize like how many layers are there. Because yeah. it's a sextuplet. Yeah. Uh, a sextet. That's yeah. what it is. Sextet. sextet. Thank you, bud. You, I really didn't realize that many people were in the band until there were only two things going. I was like, where is everything? <laughs> Let's get to the next one. At least that's what you said. Also, Ghost is Born, so heavy song. So heavy. I, I actually put into the um, sampler when the solo first starts. That's a cool song. Uh, I wrote on this one because this was the second track that somebody yelled. I think like the I love you or something mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, Jeff Tweedy really does not like people yelling. <laughs> when I saw him live uh, the first time, he goes, how are you guys? And I go, I scream, how are you? Right? And he goes, well, great. Thanks for asking. So I thought that was cool. Also, <laughs> fucking talk to me. Yeah, also, uh, there was a kid up front, well, like a child with his mom. And it was his birthday. So he had the whole crowd sing a happy birthday to him. And then they got him a nice. They got him a root beer. They get his mom a Red Bull. That was pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's just a nice memory. Uh, but this one's a cool song. It kind of starts off with like some like whisper mm-hmm. singing. Like it fa- sounds like his voice is like breaking or yeah. cracking. Yeah, he's trying to do something uh, for the first half of it. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's so uh, you know lyrics about like an abusive relationship. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't quite get then, that yeah, part of it. It's but... got a very kind of rocking, jammy back half. Yeah, yeah. The back half is is like you can get from this black eye I got from you. Yeah, but I, I Jeff Tweedy has a lot of shit he says that that has nothing to do with anything. Like, 
like for example, I had the like the, the song called Black Eye, which is weird, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's to me it's more about a blemish as opposed to an injury, like as in as in like um okay, he's never clear with what he writes about um lately, <laughs> but um but you know whatever, <laughs> I, I maybe because I'm well that's what I got from it okay that's fair and. Maybe that's who would like that. Maybe but this is my favorite song so far oh, at yeah? this point. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know. I, my second favorite song on the album. Oh, yeah. This is, okay. Maybe third. Maybe third. I have a favorite song that I'm sure you can guess what it is. Um, we'll see. Oh, oh, I, but I, I haven't guessed this yet. Was, <laughs> so. This uh, is my second. I, I'm sure you'll know. Okay. Next one Once is. Once we get to it, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, this was the song he yeah. was talking about. So, the next one is Wishful Thinking. Also, Ghost is Born Track. Very wistful, very uh, kind of slow, sort of like, you know, if I were uh, seeing Wilco, it's a good time to get a drink for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, can I get a beer? You know, uh, I've never done that actually. I've, this song would be? Yeah, this song, because it's just nice, you know. Yeah, it's. I didn't have much to say about this. Like, it opens a little kind of heavy and noisy. Um, but by this point on the album, I was kind of like, you know, this album's a lot kind of noisier than I think the oh, opener yeah. would imply oh, yeah. beyond the like nothing part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like this album kind of has a lot more kind of ugly sounds on it than uh, I think a lot of the songs would let on. Yeah, and, uh, and the songs for Ghost is Born, they're actually uglier live than they are on the record, which I. I really appreciate it, in fact. Um, That's cool. But you know what the next track is? It's a uh, favorite by a lot of people called Jesus Etc. off Yankee Hill Jesus Fox Etc. So the, the, the out mm-hmm. version has a fill at the beginning, you know? And um, this one, they took the fill out and put it to a guitar. Um, now, Jesus Etc. I'm going to tell you a little story about the song. I, I actually uh, got into Yankee Hill Fox Trot. Show after it came out a couple of years, so like a year or so. And I would listen to this song every day on the way to school with my friends. And they'd be like, Chris, this song is lame. And I'd be like, I don't care. I love this song. I love Wilco. <laughs> and so Jesus said there's one of them. And it's the first song I actually really like. So liked. I will say. It's also also Dad Rock, 100%. I will say. Dad Rock. Yeah, about this song being lame, I wrote this song is the most Dad Rock song on the album. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to get to that. I have a one. It's a good song. It has, it does kind of have this cool kind of like country Western vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like some of the lyrics on here. You've got, uh, you were right about the stars. Each one is a setting sun. Yep. It's like, that's, that's got good imagery. But then again, it's always, it also has our love is all we have. Come on. Come on. You do better than that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But just said, if you guys, it evens out. It's a, it's a crowd favorite. You can hear the crowd singing along all throughout this thing. Um, then we get into the song to me. Good song. The next song, I'm the Man Who Loves You. Uh perhaps the most one of the most dad rock songs that Wilco has ever written. It was on my wings. It's soundtrack. very kind of like what if you made a blues song a little heavier? Yeah. <laughs> and Dads love blues. And yeah, and um, I uh I actually had my wedding playlist. I mean you know, I had a playlist that had Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had um at a postal this is service for the dads. Postal service, uh Wilco. Had Flaming Lips on there. Had Yeah, yeah, yes. Elvis was on there. And, God, there's one other one. Uh, Ingrid Michaelson, which is... But there's... Oh, uh, nice. Bruno Mars is on there, too. It's stupid. I mean, I know. I, I love the playlist. It's just... Some Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, some, some Cannibal Corpse. Napalm Death. Six you know, Feet the Under. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> um, 
But yeah. Uh, oh, God. Uh, man, you, it's whatever. Yeah, this song's a little bit, a little honky-tonk. Yeah. It's got a horn section. So dad rock. So dad rock. <laughs> um, but Checking off all the, checking off the dad rock yep. list. But we get to the next song, Kicking Television, which is a B-side off of you. Uh, a, Titular a, track. Yeah. So um, the original version of this sounds like an 80s like song. It sounds like a like an 80s like oh, really? new wave song, right? And uh to mm-hmm. make it work live, they turn it into this fucking noisy shit rocking song. I like King Television quite a bit. This song fucking is awesome to me. I love this song. Yeah, Jeff T- Tweedy actually like screams yeah. on this one. Yeah. Is which is he doesn't sound bad screaming. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh I love like the piano's kind of playing along mm-hmm. with it, but like as the song progresses, the piano starts getting like uglier and uglier. It starts smashing it like a kid would. Adding more kind of <laughs> yeah. dissonant notes to it. I love it. You can tell it's just yeah, a- this was a cool track. It was definitely one of the more rocking tracks. They had a series of just kind of like, let's, uh, he might've even said it. He was like, uh, it might even be later. I, I can't remember exactly when it is, but some guy's like, are you ready to party? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, these mid-tempo tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which they, yeah. they did kind of hit with, like, slower mid-tempo stuff for a while. Yeah, so let's rock on with mid-tempo rock. <laughs> um, but uh, after yeah. I can see King Television, we get to another older track off Summer Teeth called Via Chicago. Yeah, it, nice kind of slower acoustic one. But near the, like, near the end part of it, which I actually put in the sampler, it just gets fucking noisy as shit. He has all these things and then after oh, yeah. it falls apart it comes back together again which i think adds to the song like a double to me that that song after that part i like the song twice as much as i did when it first started i agree i think that's that's one of the more satisfying parts of the song is like it the music almost kind of fights against this noise thing that's yeah. building and then once the noise breaks it's really satisfying just to get back into the and song also shows how great they um, are as like a work as a unit they're working as a unit at that point, and so yeah. it's like it's like I that takes you know dedication, takes great musicianship. It also takes they're a band, you know, and they actually sound like a fucking band at that point. Uh, exactly, but, and I think I think it works really well with like the lyrics in here because you get the he's like talking about dreams, and his dreams are about just kind of like murdering and like. Uh, it's about weird stuff, but then, like, when the verses happen and, like, the noise kicks in, it almost gives it this kind of, like, dreamy, like, nightmare kind of vibe to yeah. it. It's a great song. It has great lyrics, too. It's cool. Yeah. Um, then we get into Hummingbird, which is the second or the first most dad rock song on the record. Um, Hummingbird's off to Ghost is Born. My yeah, dad loves this kinda... song. And Jeff D- Tweed's dad says, <laughs> asked him why he didn't write more songs like Hummingbird. <laughs> like that's what Jeff Tweed's dad told okay. Jeff. Okay, yeah. So it is. Yeah, it is the dad rock yeah. song. Yeah, and he he says, um, but he, this is a this is a cool one. Yeah, he felt up. He he says, um, he says he he's not sure how he wrote Hummingbird, you know, because it's it's not a Wilco song. Yeah, it. I mean, it's a more kind of like it is like a driving song, yeah. driving a car song. Uh, yeah. It's got piano. Um. I think sleeping on a mountain under the stars sounds really comfy. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a light as a feather. You know, you just, sort of looking at your life and people that were in it and sort of having this idea of where, where they are now. Remember to remember me. Yeah, floating fast in your past life. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's a cute song and people really like it. So good for them. I like the song too. Let's go on. To Muscle of Bees. A to weird, Muzzle of Bees. A weird song. 
a very weird song. It's I like the I like the rockier parts of this song. It kind of opens acoustic-y. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it gets rocky and noisy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. With like these like little guitar solos. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty it's just a cool song. Yeah, I mean I don't know how much of my levels because it's my probably my I don't know second least favorite song with that record. Um, August is born, but it's okay. Yeah, I'm glad it's there. I guess cool. <laughs> um, now we're gonna get into uh, two tracks, which uh, this is for all the Ghost is Born fans. Yeah. So yeah, so the next one is one by one, which is actually off uh, Mermaid Avenue, which is a they has they have Mermaid Avenue. Avenue Volume One Two. What Mermaid Avenue is is um it's Will Kill and Billy Bragg. You know who Billy Bragg is, is a British mm-hmm. like protesting or whatever. But they took Woody Guthrie songs yeah. and they added music to it. They took unfinished Woody Guthrie songs. There's still lyrics, and then Wilco and Billy Bragg added music to them, and that's what Mermaid Avenue is. Oh, cool. So one by one. That's, yeah, I wrote on here like, is this a cover song? It is. The lyrics I looked at uh, said like. Uh, Woody Guthrie was yeah. in the writer credits yeah. for it. Yeah, it so like, Woody, I don't think he was alive when this yeah. came out. So this song and the next one actually both Woody Woody Guthrie songs. Uh, one by one in Airline to, Airline to Heaven. Okay, I'm not going to lump them together because uh, I don't like one by one. I do like Airline to Heaven quite a bit, but they're they're basically country oh, see, songs. Mine was kind of. I think one by one was just kind of a pretty straightforward song. Mm-hmm. It's like they didn't really do anything Wilco-y to it. it. Has some decent lyrics. The one by one, the sweetest yeah. days of life go by. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, and then Airline to Heaven. Airline to Heaven just sounds like an updated folk song. Yeah. Like, if if you play those kind of, like, old Woody Guthrie or Bob Dylan performances before he went, like, electric, and they're just kind of, like, strumming away on a guitar. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, it sounds just like that, except they added some slide guitar. Yeah, it's it's a cute song. Whatever. They're, they're both okay. Um, yeah. Then we get a radio they both. I mean, I yeah. think Woody Guthrie was a pretty good lyricist he's got that a lot of speakers speak and a lot of preachers preach when you lay their salary on the line yeah he's a um i have a it's good so i I read this book on bob dylan called like the highway or something when i was like i don't know 19 and um they talked a lot about what he got through Uh and so after reading that book i i i went and got a belly record (laughs) and then i i downloaded a bunch of what he got through and um, i was like this is not exactly what i'm looking for but i respect it in the way it's going um, mm-hmm. Radio Cure, the song, uh, the, that's another song, Jangie Hill Talk Foxtrot. Cool weird song, cool song, slow song, and it's got all kinds of noise through it. And this is no exception. Uh, the live yeah, version. and it, they're, they're like continually adding in instruments throughout this album. Like it, they had like a xylophone or something, something in there. I can't figure out what exactly what the instrument is, but it sounds really cool. Yeah. A lot yeah. of guitar noises. Um, and I thought this this one was one of the cooler ones, even though I didn't really like a lot of the slower songs on this mm-hmm. album. Yeah. Um, I think this was my favorite of kind of the slower jams. Yeah. It's it's a, very it, atmospheric, very cool. Yeah, very interesting. And that, not, not something you hear a lot of. Then we get into another Yankee Foxtrot song, uh, Ashes of American Flags. I really, really, really mm-hmm. like this song. Uh, in fact, I did the, my favorite part where he says... Uh, I'm down my hand, hands and knees every time my doorbell rings. That's that, and I like that whole part of it because it comes together an unexpected part of the song. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, I think it's better on the album than it is on the live version. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the, it's really I feel the, like this one sounds a lot like a country song. Yeah. This one's very country y. Yeah, very much. But it has some cool lyrics. Yeah. Like, I really like, 
I wonder why we listen to poets when no one gives a fuck. And um, I would like to boot the ashes of American flags. Like those are very, those are cool lyrics. I like those a lot. I actually, I used to not play this on guitar. I do not know anymore. Uh-huh. Then we get into another young kid tell Foxtrot song. Maybe there's like muscle memory. You'll figure it out. Maybe. I can probably, I mean, the, a lot of Wilco songs are just major chords. Some minor, <laughs> major minor, but they're easy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could probably figure it out. The next one's Heavy Metal Drummer, which is like, it's a happy song about nostalgia and, and uh, going down to places to see heavy metal bands. Um, not a whole lot to dissect when it comes to yeah. the lyrics, but it's a cool song. It's something my dad yeah. would like. It's, it's nice to have kind of a, yeah, it's nice having a rocker after two slow songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also, I mean, this is a very specific to pandemic kind of thing. <laughs> I also miss seeing heavy metal bands in the summer. Um <laughs> But it's a pretty straightforward, nice, kind of like tight three and a half minute song. Yeah. Um, but I do like the end of it. And I like the thing at the end where they're, he starts to play like a sample or something. And he's like, oh, now it wants yeah, to yeah. work. So at the beginning, uh, which uh, is very. That, dun, dun, chin, dun, 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 chin. that was supposed to be the game of the song. And um, that's the way it is on the record. Uh-huh. Like they, they, dun, dun, chin, they cut to the next track, right? And so they were trying to do that, and apparently it didn't work. So, oh, yeah, he goes, oh, now it works. Until the end of the track, yeah. which, yeah. Which, I don't know, hearing, like, a mess up on a live album, I think is cool. Yeah. Um, then uh, we get into a, another slower song by Wilco off of, you know, Fox Truck called Poor mm-hmm. Places. Um, this one starts out pretty slow, and then at the end it goes into fucking noise. Just, just cacophony of noise. Four places though it starts out slow and I, yeah. I, I like this song quite a bit too. Um, there is a version that you can. There hear. are parts because it starts off slower and on the piano and slowly builds, but there are parts in the piano line that I think sound a lot like that closing time song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sonic. Yeah. yeah, it does that lyric thing I like where he repeats. You know that kind of like it's his talking about his jaw and things like that. And mm-hmm. he switches it to my jaw. Yeah cool stuff <laughs> but yeah they, he said there's a line in there about like i'm not going outside and it's like yeah dude me neither uh-huh. trapped inside because um that, yeah that, it has a very noisy ending is what it kind of builds up to which is very the heavy piano chords a lot of feedback you know hitting the drums and the cymbals and then it takes um, into which does make me think like at these moments what do uh, what do the fans of like the nicer sounding songs think when they get into kind of these weirder, noisy well, since I, uh, excursions? Yeah, um, the songs that people that haven't listened to it, they can't tell Foxtrot that hard. What do they think of this? I love it. Yeah. But um, th- is the next song your favorite song? Spiders, Kid Smoke? Yep. <laughs> Which is also the what longest tipped, song. What tipped you off? Uh, the 11 minutes. The, yep. and the extended, longest song on the set list. And it, it's a tasty long jam. It's a long jam a lot. And I was like, this. Is, if I had to pick a song that was most like what Ryan showed me, it would be this one, Spider's Kid Smoke. Uh, I love Spider's mm-hmm. Kid Smoke. It's 11 minutes on the on the, on the the record, too. Um, and every time I've seen them, they play it the same way. And there's this part when you see my I'm not sure it's on the but where Nels Klein, he comes to the front, and he fucking melts your face. Like, it's amazing. Like, like, I love it. I've, 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 I've people behind me and me saying simultaneously, oh my fucking God, seeing Nels Klein play on this song. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. And I, and I, I love, I love, to me, it's, it's insane how, how they structure the song to know when they go back and basically do something quote unquote normal. You know, like 
when they come to dun, dun, like, right. And so I like Spider's Kids Smoke a lot. I, I put Tasty Long Jam. <laughs> but um, what are your thoughts on Kids Smoke? I also, I think I wrote exactly that same thing. <laughs> um, but it sounds, it sounds kind of like Kraut Rocky at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It sounds like uh, Noi or um, Can yeah. early on. Um, but yeah, it jams. There, I guess during the song, Glenn hurt his hand or something like yeah, that. That's yeah. kind of what he seems like, to show say. Show me your bloody microphone. Uh, yeah, we, we, we laughed, we cried, we bled. Glenn, show me your hand. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love it. It kind of like develops out of the noise uh, from poor places and then just kind of never lets go until uh, the very last track on the album. Yeah, um, I do want to mention his comment, comment. If all men were truly brothers. Yeah, and it's actually a Charles Wright. Although, the, did you have something else to say about spiders? No, just the, that uh, when they recorded in the studio, uh, Jeff had a enormous throbbing human migraine pain, and you can hear it in the song. So they they made it to me. Okay, they made it to have minimal chord changes. That's all it's written, but um, it also let Nels go fucking wild. So thanks for that, Jeff. Um, awesome. So, uh, comment is actually a cover of a Charles White and the Watts 103rd Street Band. They're okay, like a so funk three band. covers. Yeah, three covers. Um, mm. And this is this one I've never heard before. And it's whatever. It's it's basically a song about if if we're all brothers, shouldn't we love each other, man? Let's go out and let's just let's just be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's the song that I like to end with. It's it it's a good yeah. It's a good ending track i think where um kind of like the opposite of how hawkwind ended theirs which is like welcome back to reality doesn't this <laughs> suck this one is like hey man like sh- we should like love each other no fear no hate no exploitation just peace love and freedom so i'm gonna go to a little bit i think it's a good way i think it ends it on kind of a inspiring happy note so why this was named kicking television it's fine yeah it's fine whatever and I was like, so it's over, I guess. <laughs> so the, this is called King Television, according yeah. to Jeff Tweedy. He says that the song King Twelve with Television is about sort of like, sort of like, you know, like like leaving quitting television. He says, lots of people, including me, could never quit TV, but going out to a show is a good way to be with people and to sort of find entertainment with everyone else instead of being fed to you through a screen. And I thought that was, and that's when they didn't kick television because right. everyone on the show was doing that. For that night, they were kicking TV, and they're out to see a rock show, or a Wilco show. Cool. So that's uh, Wilco's kicking television. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed your trip. It was it was good. Um, they did all the things I I like Wilco. They did a lot of the things I want to see in a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of songs on there, which, I mean. I think is good when you go see a concert. <laughs> it's an hour and a half. So I, uh, no, almost two hours. So no, Ryan, yeah, it's two hours or not two hours, one hour and 54 minutes. So Ryan was a real trooper when he came to listening to it. Just to the, how, the first time you listened to it today or the first time you took notes on it. Uh, first time I listened to it today. Nice. All my notes are, uh, as the moment. Fresh. Okay. Yeah. In I've, the moment. Yeah. I listened to it a bunch when it came out. Um, but I, I was also listening to a lot of Wilco. And after right. I, after I got done with this, that I listened to today, Again, and after I got done with that, I just I just stick with the Wilco like for like half the day until I listen to Hawkwind again. Nice, so, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, but you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time to pick a new theme. Ooh, my so, favorite part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. So I got I got this bag. Like listening to music, shake that bag, shaking it up. All right, and 
that one. And our next theme is I'm 14 and this is very deep. Okay. Uh, I stole this from basically a Reddit um, uh, subreddit. Uh, I'm 14 and this is very deep. You can mean whatever you want to mean, but I have a few records in mind already. Um, I have nothing for this one. Oh, this really? is going to be a challenge. I'm, I, oh, I, yeah. I did vet it with you. I think I did. I sent it to you. You're like, you give me oh, a yeah. Yeah. I give you. A I, I think it's a great idea. I just didn't. I haven't thought on it. I thought on all the other themes, but this one. You'll have to go back to when you were 14 and you thought maybe this record was very deep. So you can't. I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and take out Tool. You can't bring it to a record. Oh, good. Because I wouldn't. Okay. I hate Tool. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but that does mean uh, we're going to start getting into guilty pleasure stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Um, ooh. This may this may be harder for you to listen to than Gauntlet. Oh, we'll see. But uh, <laughs> so let's. Uh, what does she have going on, pal? Um, I do the music with my friend Dylan, who will be the featured artist on uh, at the end of this yeah, episode so stick after around. this little outro bit. Yeah, stick around. Yeah, please stick around and listen. Uh, but we are in a band together called Smell, mm-hmm. and we do the intro and the outro for this show. So if you like it, please check us out on smell.bandcamp.com, where our stuff is free or pay what you want. Whatever you want to do, check us out, listen to it. Uh, I hope you like it. I am also part of uh, Cool Bandana Guys on YouTube, which is kind of roundtable podcast discussion things about video games and things like that. We just finished, we just wrapped up our game of the year podcast for 2020 so if you want to listen to people talking about playing video games and what was good about video games check that out it's on youtube uh, right? it is on youtube okay. cool bandana guys and what about you sir what else you got going on i do another podcast called movies they don't suck and some they do we do it weekly we talk uh, almost exclusively new movies so we pick two new or newish movies it's kind of hard that's not new year because there's stuff coming out that we need to from 2020. Anyway, we do two new movies a week. We talk about them. Uh, if we're selling T-shirts now, so uh, visit our Facebook if you guys want to buy a T-shirt. They have some with our faces on it. I don't recommend it, but you can do that if you want. <laughs> um, and there's, uh, but uh, yeah, and um, I I do music if you guys want to hear it. ChristyOwen.bandcamp.com. That's all you need to know about that one. Uh, maybe more of that coming later in the year, but. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got. You good? Yeah. Uh, please stick around uh, and check out our featured artists at the end of this episode. Dr. Loper. Dr. Loper uh, at drloper.bandcamp.com. D-R-L-O-P-E-R.bandcamp.com. Uh, yeah, check it out. I think it's really cool stuff, and we will see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening.
Thank you.